Welcome to Watch Therefore. Our Savior Jesus told us to watch for His coming, and the signs that He spoke of are all around us, shouting, Watch Therefore, and be ready. So join me, Dove Schwartz, as we learn to watch and prepare for the coming of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now today's program was recorded at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom in Pearland, and I'd like to invite all of our listeners in the Houston area to join us at Calvary Chapel in Pearland, where the Bible is taught line upon line, chapter upon chapter, book upon book, where prayer is a priority and where fellowship is something we experience together as Jesus our Savior walks in our midst by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, Ray Jensen is the new pastor at Calvary Chapel Beth Shalom, and the Lord has raised him up to lead this congregation in this critical hour just before the coming of Messiah Jesus. Listen today, and we pray you're blessed. Then the officers of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why are you dealing thus with your servants? There is no straw given to your servants. And they say to us, Make brick, and indeed your servants are beaten. But the fault is in your own people. But he said, You are idle, idle. Therefore you say, Let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore, go now and work, for no straw shall be given you, yet you shall deliver the quota of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, you shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. So now having the promise of God that he was about to take them out of Egypt, when their workload got heavier, who did they go to for help? Did they go to the Lord God about it? No. Who'd they go to? They went to Pharaoh. They went to Pharaoh. They shouldn't have gone to Pharaoh. Since God was about to take them out of Egypt, why go to Pharaoh at all? You see, they were so Egyptianized. That's the way they did it all this time. And I've got to tell you, most, most Christians today are so Americanized that when they call for help, they don't call for help on, from the God of Israel. They ignore God. And they run right straight to Pharaoh, a false god. That's the picture here. The false god of their culture. And the Pharaoh of Americanized Christians is usually money. There's your false god. Money. Money or something that it buys. When things get hard, what do Americans do? Oh, God, please bless me with more money so I can fix my problems. God, please give me more money so I can finally have happiness in my life. That's the problem with prosperity preaching. It ain't biblical and it ain't God. This is how new Americanized Christians think. And so many people have been living in this culture for so long that anytime they need to call out for help, they do just like the Israelite foremen do. They skip God Almighty and they go straight to their society's false God for answers. So it's not for us to point at the Israelites and go, oh, shame on y'all for doing that. We do it. 1 Timothy 6 9 through 10. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, which is a trap, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. We have got to all find a point in our lives where we break from following culture to following Messiah Jesus. 
We can't follow our culture anymore. Look at it out there. You want to go that way? I don't, and I ain't going that way. If you want to go that way, you're going by yourself. You ain't going with me. I'm not saying hate America. I'm not saying give up your patriotism. What I am saying is that for many people, they have replaced God with the sinful desires of this world. James 1 says to keep yourself unspotted from the world. That means don't think like they do. Don't act like they do. Follow Jesus. Follow Jesus. Do what he says. Notice in 1 Timothy, he says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil that some have strayed from the faith. It means they left. They were in the faith for a time. They walked out. You know, considering blessing to always be money does not draw you closer to God. It takes you away from him. And the sooner we in America realize this, I think the better off we'll be. Now, I've had people pressure me with their money, saying that this ministry will grow if I will just utilize their money the way they want me to. That will not grow this ministry. It will kill it. This ministry will grow if we obey and glorify the Lord. The Lord told me in prayer, He may not have told everybody in every ministry, but He told me in this one, that in order to grow this ministry, we have to be looking for Messiah Jesus, and we have to be out there telling the rest of the world the gospel message. And money has not got one cotton-picking thing to do with it. Put your trust in God, not yourself. The enormity of the task in front of you ain't near as big as the power of Jesus that's in you. A false God that has been throned by our culture, the only throne that I will ever run to, the only throne that I will ever bow to, is the throne of my King Jesus. Now, I know I've been focusing hard on the false god of money because typically that's the big one these days, especially for us men. I've seen people make the internet their god. It can vary. Whatever you submit your life to is your god. Whatever you have given your life to, the most important thing in your life, that's your god. There's all kinds of false gods out there. But what I'm saying is don't do like the Israelites did here. Don't go to your Pharaoh first. Go to God Almighty. Exodus 20 and 3. You shall have no other gods before me. It's one of the commandments. And so we have to be very careful. Because just like the Israelites were back then, so we are today. We are immersed in our culture. And whether we like to realize it or not, we do the things that our culture teaches us. Because our culture has great influence upon us. Culture has influenced us for so long. You see, to the Israelites, it was common practice to run to Pharaoh. Today, it's common practice to run to money, or government, or drugs, alcohol, or any number of things besides God. God has to fix his problem, our problems for us. So let's keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Don't let the culture out there steer you. Let God direct your path. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. I don't direct my path. You should not try to direct your own path. God should be doing that. Just trust in him to do it and he will. Our God has sent us a deliverer, Jesus Christ, and he has promised to take us out of here. So when times get tough, Don't run to a false god. Trust in Jesus. It will always end up with worse results, and it will twist your thinking. If you run to a false god, 
just like we see here in Exodus 5.20. Then as they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moses and Aaron who stood there to meet them. And they said to them, let the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us abhorrent in the sight of Pharaoh and in the sight of his servants to put a sword in their hand to kill us. Now Moses and Aaron were standing there to meet them. Apparently, uh, they were there to support and help. And so the Israelite foreman here, they were the ones that got beaten for the quota not being met. And so understandably, uh, they're the ones most agitated about, by what's going on here now, right? And so the foremen are mad at who? Pharaoh? No, they're mad at Moses and Aaron. Why are they mad at Moses and Aaron? It was Pharaoh who ordered the heavier load. Moses didn't order that. But who are the foremen mad at here? Moses and Aaron. Isn't that just like us humans to throw the blame on somebody else? Just find whoever's easiest to go dump it on and go dump it all over them. Why did they not blame Pharaoh? Because they're too scared of him. So what did they do? They come out and throw it all over the one who was sent by God to help them. I've had it happen to me. You've probably had it happen to you. When you're trying to lead someone to Jesus, when you try to show people that their own way of living is sinful, then the thought of repentance can become very frictional. It's very abrasive. They don't like the sound of it. Even if the direction is painful, people are used to going in their own direction. I'm used to going this way. It's the way I've always gone. It's what I want to do. Even if the way they're running is killing themselves, that's the way they're used to running. That's the way they want to go. I'm a testimony to that in my past. And so when you show them Jesus, repentance is required, turning around to a new direction directed towards Jesus that must happen. People don't like change. When people encounter change, they get all roughened up because it takes them out of their routine. Nine times out of ten... You're the one they're going to attack for it. If you talk to them about repentance because you're trying to help them, like Moses and Aaron, you're just trying to help, they're going to attack you. And you can almost expect it. More times than I can count, I've worked with people to teach them that getting saved is not just about saying scripted words. It's not just about saying, oh, thank you, Jesus, I'm saved. It's not about that. There must be a genuine change involved with declaring that Jesus is your Lord, your new boss. And for Jesus to become your new boss means he has to take over. And for Jesus to take over means you have to let go. That's hard for us to do. And when people have a death grip on their sin because they desire to have it, then it becomes a real fight to get them to let go of the things that they've held on to for so long. They want what they want. They gotta have what they gotta have. They wanna feel like they've conquered all their pursuits themselves instead of letting it go to somebody else to help them. They don't realize they will never conquer this list of things that they want. But in fact, their pursuit of their own way is destroying themselves. Oftentimes, people have a hard time releasing their life to Jesus because they want to live everything out on their own terms. And so it becomes a real point of friction when you try to show people the real Jesus. The Jesus who heals and restores and turns things around, who changes us from the inside out, people will lash at you like it's your fault. And you're just telling them how to be saved. You're telling them about the deliverer. Americans are accustomed to the false Jesus that says, just say this magic prayer and you can keep living your life however you want to. It's okay, you'll be saved. God loves you so much. He'll just take you however you are. No change required. No repentance, just say, thank you, Jesus, and I'm good. No, that's not, that's not the gospel. Without 
a huge, dramatic life change, there is no salvation. You must be changed by Jesus Christ fully and totally or else you ain't saved. If there's never been any change in your life, if you can look over your life and determine there's never been any major, major change in your life, let me be the bearer of bad news. You ain't saved. And I need to introduce you to the real Jesus, the Jesus that can change you and change your life and give you peace from the inside out. That's the real Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Some things have become new. All things. All things. Well, I'm changing. Yeah, just because I do that one thing, I still do. All things. New. The old things die. That's what the Bible says happens to a new believer in Jesus Christ. If that's not you... If you're still the same old, same old, you need to get saved in Jesus for real for the first time in your life. And when people attack you and insult you for trying to show them Jesus, the deliverer, like what happened with old Moses and Aaron here, when people attack you, let me encourage you, don't lose heart, don't fall away, keep going, keep going. I have friends who have argued and debated and fought with me tooth and nail over salvation and repentance, but then one day, all of a sudden one day, it's like a switch just came on. And they just flipped over, and all of a sudden they receive it with joy, and it's great. All of a sudden the argument stopped, the friction cooled off, and they were receptive to the truth of God's Word. And not only receptive of it, but they had joy in it. I didn't do that. They didn't like it when I said it. Somebody else did this. God changed them. But everything got better. And you could see it in their face, literally see it in their expressions and hear it in their voice, even if you're just talking to them on the phone about the things of God. Now they love it because they get it suddenly. Why? Because they've got Jesus now. The indwelling Holy Spirit giving them understanding of the things I was trying to tell them. And it's awesome watching people go through that journey from rejecting Jesus to now accepting him and being joyful. And so like right here with Moses in Exodus 5, he's trying to show them God's deliverance from their oppression And who do they take their frustrations out on? They take it out on Moses. And you know, that's just part of the job. We have a sinful world out there. Don't flip out when people go crazy on you. Talking about real salvation and being saved. Just just take it, man. I'm telling you, Jesus sure took it from us. Keep going. Some people can't handle this. When somebody goes off on them, they just want to flip out. I want to encourage you. Don't be cut down to nothing when people attack you for showing them God's plan for saving them. Keep your chin up. Stay in the body of Christ. We will keep you encouraged here. People are going to hate you, but it's not so much you they're hating. They're hating Jesus Christ. Remember, somebody else took a lot of patience with you for you to come to believe yourself. Somebody took a lot of patience with me. Your strength should not depend on what people do to you, right? For the joy of the Lord is my strength. Just don't take your troubles to any false gods. Always take your troubles to the Lord, just like we now see Moses doing here. Now that he just got torn in two, he's going to take his troubles to the Lord in Exodus 5.22. So Moses returned to the Lord. Isn't that great? That's what the foreman should have done. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Why is it you have sent me For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. Although Moses agreed with the Israelite foreman about this unfair workload, 
Moses did not run to Pharaoh. Big point. Moses did not run to Pharaoh. Who did he go to? He went to God. Verse 22 says, Moses returned to the Lord. When everything seems to be stacked against you, your first reaction should always be take it before the Lord. Sometimes we want to just vomit all our problems out on other people. And sure, there are certain people in your life that are very close friends of yours who are close enough to you that they will hear you out, that you can do that with them. But don't go to them first. They are not God. Take it out before the Lord first. Every single time. God first. It's okay to talk with your friends about, their problem, about your problems, but you should always take it by your closest friend first. Jesus Christ. Messiah Jesus. Sometimes you can dump all over someone and cause them to go over the edge with you. Did you know that? I don't care how good a friend they are. Maybe they're fighting a battle you don't know about. You dump on them, you might send them over with you. It's not that I'm saying you can't talk to a close friend or even a pastor about your troubles. It's just that you should run it through Jesus first. Don't go to Pharaoh first. Don't put anyone else before the Lord. Don't put me before God. Don't put your spouse before God. Don't put your best friend before God. Always and every time, take it to the Lord first. You do that and things will go so much better. Much better. And resolution and peace will arrive faster. You know, sometimes when people come to me with things, I can tell what order they function in. Did you know that? They present their problem to me and I often ask, well, God, well what did God tell you in prayer about it? They didn't pray. So you came to me first. That's the wrong order. I ain't God. Friends, if God is going to operate among us, you've got to see Him first. And so in closing now, I want to say that as Americans who have been soaking in a culture of conflict for our entire lives, it is crucial that we learn to take our problems to God Almighty first. It is a sin to take it to anyone else first. If you have trials, and I'm sure, watch this if stuff. I know you're having trials. We all are. The trials that you're having that are stealing your peace, that are taking your joy. I'd love to hear from you about it, but you've got to take it to the Lord first. I'm not God, far from it. Same goes for you. You ain't God. You never have been. You never will be. And if you haven't fixed all your problems yourself yet, it's probably a good sign that you ain't capable of ever doing it. And it's probably also a sign that you have not taken it to the Lord yet. Moses returned to the Lord. He didn't march back into Pharaoh's house and say, Now look here, Pharaoh. What's this heavier workload you're doing? That ain't right. And cause some big protest about it. He didn't do that. He took it to the Lord. And Moses asked God here, it says, Why have you brought trouble upon the people? Now Moses' question to the Lord about that was not a question of distrust in God. It was more of a motivated by the fact that his heart was heavy for the Israelites. Why have you brought this problem? He was grieving for the Israelite people. Now it was rather abrupt that Moses said, you haven't even rescued your people yet. He said, you haven't even rescued your people at all. Moses was reacting in his humanity, his sorrow. It's not our place to test God. Well, how come you haven't done what you said you're going to do yet? Moses was reacting as a human being, just like me, a sinful man. But he did take it before the Lord. He still did what was right. Sometimes even the best of us react out of our emotions to God. But I want to show you real quick before we shut down here. Watch how God responds to Moses. 
Moses said, asked some things that was probably unfair to ask, but nevertheless, he didn't go to Pharaoh. He did go to God. But I want you to see what God says to him in Exodus 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand he will let them go. And with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. Oh, <laughs> it's about to get good. God assured Moses that not only would he deliver his people, but it would get to a point where God would tweak old Pharaoh to a point he'd drive them out himself. <laughs> That's quite a change from a guy that demanded they stay. And all of this would happen because of God's mighty hand. You see, the Lord has a way of taking your biggest, most impossible problem and turning it all around. And it's done by his hand, not yours. If we'll just bring it to him first. We're reading that God is about to take Israel out of the land of oppression. So why should they run to Pharaoh first? We are waiting for our deliverer Jesus to take us out of this land of oppression. Now knowing this, why should we still run to our false gods? Take it before the Lord Jesus Christ. Father God, thank you so much for getting me through this sermon tonight. Lord, keep us all motivated. Keep us all dedicated, strengthened, encouraged. And Lord, I ask that somebody here tonight has recognized that they need to start taking their life to you. They've been taking it out on other methods, other people, other systems, other things, programs, projects. Maybe they're burying themselves in their job as their escape and it's just not bringing them any peace. Lord, we've been told that we've got a deliverer coming to take us out of here. And yet, some of us are still running to Pharaoh. Lord God, help us to see how damaging that is. And teach us to turn around and repent of that sin and start bringing it to you. That we go to you first every time. Lord, we need to be restored. And Lord, there's people here tonight saying, I wish God would work like that in my life. How come God's not working like that in my life? Well, God, show them they've got to stop running to Pharaoh. Lord God, you are God, and nobody else is. Help us, Lord God, even in our faults, even in our humanity, we don't always conduct ourselves properly, kind of like Moses. That's why I can relate to Moses so well. But Lord God, you were patient with him because he always came to you. Lord, I ask that for this congregation, for all those listening on the radio, to stop running to their Pharaoh, the false God that has been running their lives and confusing things and turning things terrible, that snare that have made them stray from the faith for them to come back and get a Messiah Jesus because he's the one about to come get us. Pharaoh never took anybody nowhere. And neither will your money. Neither will all those things you've trusted in. Only Jesus Christ has that answer. Help us to repent, Lord God, and show us the error of our ways. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening today. And please join me every day, Monday through Friday, unless our Lord Jesus returns for us this week. This program is listener-supported and depends on tax-deductible donations to stay on the air. Give to Watch Therefore and contact me through our website at watchtherefore.tv. You can also send tax-deductible donations to Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. Again, by the web, watchtherefore.tv, and mail, Watch Therefore, P.O. Box 564, Pearland, Texas, 77588. You can also call me right now at 713-624-0943. That's 
888-888-0943. Keep watching for Messiah Jesus. This is John Peake with Israeli Self-Defense and Fitness. We are the new breed of martial arts and fitness designed to give you the understanding and skills to defend yourself and your family against an attack or threat by an armed or unarmed attacker or multiple attackers. We're an international organization led by former Israeli soldiers with a curriculum that is simple and effective. You owe it to yourself, family, and loved ones to be able to defend against any assault should the need arise. We are followers of Jesus Christ, led by His Holy Spirit to provide a safe and functional training environment to develop life-saving skills and increase your physical fitness beyond what you may think is possible. We offer group, private, and corporate training. Call today and mention KKHT to get a 10% discount on your membership. Remember, you owe it to yourself and loved ones not to be a victim. Visit us on the web at IsraeliSelfDefense.net or call 713-53-TRAIN. That's 713-538-7246 to get started today.